Happy Halloween week! We've got a ton of ghost stories today to listen to and I'm really excited for them. One thing I just wanted to bring up again, the way you guys leave uh, these like voicemails, sometimes things glitch. I, I can't do anything about it and it's just like the website they go to. So I'm so sorry because I want to share all of your stories, but some of them are glitchy, they cut out, I don't know what it is. Some just go totally silent. So I'm so sorry if you've left a story and you don't hear it here. It's so frustrating because I want everyone to hear them and I want to hear them. So if you don't hear it, that's why. But we got a lot of stories, so let's get right into it. Hey Liz. I just want to let you know that first of all, Ghost in the Burbs is my most favorite spooky distraction and it's kept me sane during some crazy times. The story I want to share with you, <clears throat> excuse me, actually was happened to my sister and not me, but it's always been something that we thought was just kind of, hmm. <laughs> so my sister lived in an apartment in San Diego and her apartment wasn't anything unique. It wasn't architecturally interesting. It was just a standard one bedroom apartment. Um, probably built in the 1970s. Um, my sister was also a crafter, and so she had a sewing machine that she used to uh, sew things when she wasn't working or when she had some off time. Oh. Now, part of my sister's furnishings was an, uh, one of the original style IKEA canvas chairs. You know, oh. the kind that had like um, a metal frame and they were really low. But any, so anytime you sat in it, it kind of squeaked a little bit and you had to kind of get your, your bottom kind of comfortable in that canvasy chair. So my sister would notice oftentimes when she would be sitting in her living room and she'd be reading, she'd hear that chair kind of squeak. And at first she thought, oh, it's just the chair there, you know, it's just the way that that chair is. Uh -huh. But then she noticed that the squeaking became rather deliberate every time she went and she sat in her living room to read. Now, she said that she never felt really uncomfortable, like it was something bad, but she always felt like, okay, there's something here, I don't <laughs> understand it, and that's okay, but we're good. So, also at the same time, my sister took a volunteer job at a youth hostel, which required her to stay overnight, 24 hours, at the youth hosp hospice. Um, so my sister did that for a few weeks, and she really liked it, and so she was gone overnight, a full 24 hours. Well, after she'd been doing that a few weeks, she gets a call from her landlord. And the landlord ha says, you know, we've got a complaint about noise in your apartment. Uh-uh. And my sister said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, what's going on? Uh. And they said, well, once a week, when you're using your sewing machine and you have the radio on and you're making all that noise all through the night, it's really, really disturbing your neighbors. Oh, no way. So can you please stop sewing at all hours of the night and turn what? your radio down? And my sister was speechless because the night in question was the same night that she always volunteered at the youth hostel. So she wasn't even home when that was happening. Of course. So that was kind of enough for my sister to say, you know, this just doesn't feel right. I think, I think I'm going to find another apartment. <laughs> Good girl. So she did. And, you know, nothing. Everything was cool. No problems with their new apartment. A couple months goes by, and she gets a phone call from one of her former um, 
fellow tenants. Mm -hmm. And they just called because they wanted to share something that they thought was so funny. Because my sister hadn't shared what was going on in her apartment with anybody. So the, her hmm. former neighbor calls and says, hey, how are you doing? And they catch up and they say, well, i got to tell you something so funny. So a couple moved into your apartment. And here's the funniest thing. They've been asking everyone if the former tenants died in that apartment. Oh. Oh, fine. And my sister didn't know what to say. So that's our spooky story. It's kind of small. It's kind of short. But, you know, for a while my sister lived with a ghost and she thought her ghost was pretty cool. So I guess they like to sew, too. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Take care. Bye. Isn't that just the way of it, though? It's these stories, like you said, that they're just a little small, kind of short, but all of it adds up to so much more for me. Like, what the hell's going on? I love it. Thank you. Hi, Liz. Hi, Bourbonites. My name is Martina. I currently live in Brisbane, Australia, but I'm originally from Slovenia. A very small country that borders onto Italy, Austria, Hungary, and Croatia. Very small. Anyhow, before I begin my story, I would like to leave you with two things to keep in mind as my story goes on. And those two things are A. A left turn and B. Mimosas. <laughs> Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. Not the drinks, the flowers, the yellow ones. Come on, girls. I don't mind if you do the other ones as well. Anyhow, I have a female best friend and a male best friend. I think that's a big one to keep in mind as well. Anyhow, ever since I was a child, I had a very strong feeling that I was going to lose one of my parents early on. Oh no. And when I was three years old, there was war in my country. Oh. And I had a dream about my father dying in a car crash. He had a car crash, but luckily he didn't die. Mm. Anyhow, a few years later, I had a dream about this funeral. It was a very solemn funeral. It was a winter funeral, but there was this beautiful yellow flowers everywhere. The mimosas. Mm. As I woke up, I had no idea what that meant, but I was a bit disturbed by it anyways. Anyhow, life went on. And when I was 20 years old, I was working full-time work as well as studying law full-time hmm. and my father was not in a good space mentally physically he was just not in a good space hmm. and I think I might not have been spiritually accessible to him as I would have been before Anyhow, 21st of January 2008 came. I woke up at 2 a.m. as well as my mum. And I was sleeping at the lower place of my house. And my mum was sleeping on the upper floor. She calls out to me. Are you awake? 
And I said, yeah, I'm awake. Hmm. Why are you awake? She was like, I don't know, I just woke up. The time was 2.35 in the morning. We fell back asleep, although probably a fitful sleep at best. And I woke up in the morning very early on at 7 a.m., which was very unusual for my best girlfriend to give me a call because she likes to sleep in. She called me and said, I had the weirdest dream ever. And I said, yeah, tell me about it. She was like, it was your father your mother and yourself were in the front seat of a car and I was in the back seat. Okay. And then suddenly we turned left and everything went dark. The all I can remember is your father saying, I love you. Anyhow, we had a bit of a chat after that, hung up and I went about my day. As the day passed on, nobody heard from my father. Mm. And I called his mobile and he did not pick up. I called the police because I figured if I can call through his phone, they can locate this phone. Mm. And as I called the police, two seconds later, two uniformed officers were at my door. And I opened the door and they said, you know, are you this and this person? I said, yep. And they said there has been a suicide. Oh. I said, okay. I understand. I was holding it together. And I needed to go pick up my father's car from the scene. Mm. So, as if you would remember, I said, remember the left turn. I drove there. And the car was on the left turn mm. into the woods. So going on from that, there came the week of preparing for the funeral. And I had my best male friend. He was living in Hawaii at that time. But he had a friend who had a flower service back home in Slovenia. And I did not visit the uh, chamber where my father's ashes were held before that hmm. except on the day of the funeral and I walked into the funeral chamber and guess what there was a big big flower arrangement of well you guessed it ladies it was mimosas I hope that gave you a bit of a chill as well as a bit of a hope that the people you love, they are around you and they will give you little signals whenever they pass on. Thank you. I really love the podcast. I binged it. It brought me through the last year. So thank you very much, Liz. Thank you all the ladies that and gentlemen let's not forget them <laughs> that listen to this beautiful podcast and thank you hope you enjoy my story wow 
Thank you. I am so sorry that that happened to you and your family, that you lost your dad. That really is incredible. I don't understand why that sort of thing happens to people with the dreams and the premonitions. It's, it's the strangest thing to me, but it's incredible. And the flowers, I completely agree. I think we're getting signs all the time. And that's a pretty big one. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I apologize. My recording cut off. Yes, it happened. Um, as I was saying, um, my mom was having these experiences in this house. Um, she was hearing bouncing balls and um, bouncing balls turned into hearing people whispering. Um, this house was very old, had the original flooring in it, which was all wood. Um, so you could... Hold on. So this is what I'm talking about. Things I can't find the beginning, but let's hear this part of it because it sounds like this is part of the um, haunting. So let's listen. But this is what I mean about things cutting off. Pretty much hear anything and everything that was going on in this house. Um, you couldn't leave a room without have, hearing footsteps in another room. Oh. Um, so it's very old. Um, my bedroom... Um, as I explained in the first recording, was right off of my parents' master suite. And um, I was very, very scared to be in that room alone. Um, must have been about six years old. So um, it was the first time that I had my own room. Um, we went from living in that two-bedroom house with our bunk beds to each basically having a room of our own. And um, it was new for all of us we were all kind of scared of being alone Aww. and um you know my parents were really sweet you know mm. they allowed me to keep my tv on at night you know until i fell asleep and um they would leave their bedroom door that led into my room they'd leave it open at night you know so that they could hear all of us all four of us in the front of the house mm. um their master suite was an add-on to that house and it was very very large um so they kept that door open so that they can hear everything else that was going on in the house in the front um there was one night that um i was sleeping um all of us were sleeping um it was in the middle of the night my mom said that she heard me crying oh. and um she said she sat up she kind of moved to the um end of the bed to look into the room and she started talking to me from her room. Katie, it's okay. Just go to sleep. It's okay. You know, go to uh -oh. sleep. I'm here. And she didn't hear anything. <laughs> she assumed I fell asleep. So she laid back down. A little while later, she heard me crying again, this time a little bit louder. So again, she moved to the end of the bed to look into my room. And she started talking to me again. Um, Katie, it's okay, Mama. It's okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm right here. Mm -hmm. Just go to sleep. Close your eyes. Go to sleep. Mm -hmm. At this point, she said that I um, had stopped crying and um, that she didn't hear anything. She didn't hear me moving around. So she kind of laid back down. She was half asleep. And then she heard um, the floor she heard the floor creak mm -hmm. and she saw me walk down the stairs that led into their master bedroom walk past her 
bed and into the hallway that led to the den. And said so she said she got up really quick to follow me. And when she did, she looked into my bedroom and I was still in bed. Oh, no. <laughs> so she got super scared. Yeah. And um, she started to shake my dad awake to wake him up to tell him what she saw. And he would not believe her. You know, he basically told her, you're going to wake up the kids, go back to sleep. She said she was so scared that she climbed into bed with me and she stayed in bed with me for a few nights um, just to make sure that she could hear all four of us. She was so terrified. Um, That was probably the most exciting thing that happened in that house. Um, The whispering never stopped. It continued all the way until we left the house. Um, We all heard the bouncing balls in the hallway. Um, My mom would leave her keys on a countertop and find them somewhere else. Um, Things like that happened all the time. Um, We lived in that house for many, many years. Um, You know, until the early 2000s. Um, And we always heard stuff, but my mom never saw anything like that before. So, just wanted to share that story with you. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Holy cow. Thank you for sharing. I'm sorry we missed the first part of your story because it sounds amazing, but I'm glad we could hear this part because, yikes. I, oh my God. I don't know. I can't imagine thinking I saw my daughter like that and, nope, who knows what it was. That sounds like a very spooky house. Thank you for sharing. Hi, my name is Mandy, and this is my story. Um, In 2011, my husband and I, and I have to preface this by saying I am so sorry. I say, um, and at this point, and like a lot, and I'm really sorry for that. Me too. I can't fix it. I'm just broken at this point. Um, (laughs) So it was 2011, and we had just built a new house. We were, my daughters, I have two daughters at this point. One was three, and one was eight. So, um, we're living in our home and about four years later, so 2015, my son comes along and it was at this point that we started noticing things were a little off in the house. Hmm. Um, my son would wake up a lot and sometimes he would seem just super terrified. Other times he would wake up and be cooing and giggling and you don't really think anything of it Yeah. at that point when they're little because you... You know, he had MSPI and reflux, and I'm thinking, like, of course he's going to wake up multiple times a night, right? I'm talking sometimes six or seven times a night. And a lot of times he would wake up at 3 a.m. and never go back to bed. Um, Looking back, I now realize that those were red flags. Um, Oh, boy. But you don't – your mind doesn't go to the paranormal unless you've had something like this happen. And honestly – I don't even know how this happened. I, you know, I've always been super weird with my kids. I'm like, don't ever bring a Ouija board in this house. Don't ever, nothing like that. Um, yeah. So things had started. My son was scared. Um, you know, he's, he's less than a year old. So we're not really thinking anything. We're just like, God, this kid never sleeps. At this point, my daughter um, is six, my younger daughter, and she is coming into my room at all hours of the night. She can see this dark shadow. She can, um, someone knocked something off of her dresser. Um, Someone's moving stuff in her room. I'm really scared, mommy. I can't sleep in there anymore. 
I wasn't going to fight with her. I was already tired from my son waking up multiple times a night. So we just moved her mattress in on my floor and that's where she slept for the next couple years. Um, my older daughter at this point was also seeing things, hearing things. Um, I just kept convincing her that it was nothing or she would say, mom, did you hear that noise last night at two o'clock? And I'd say, oh yeah, I was up with the baby. That was me. I'm sorry. I knocked that over. Just hoping to keep my children protected from this because I, I myself had no idea what was going on. Um, at one time I was cleaning the bathroom around this time, my son was down for a nap and all of a sudden I just, I'm an empath. Like I, I can feel energy in room. I can tell someone's in a bad mood, good mood. Yeah. I, I struggle with that because it's hard sometimes yeah. um, going out in the world, especially lately where everyone's just kind of a little bit negative. Um, but nobody was in the bathroom with me that I could see. And I just felt this overwhelming. I was terrified first of all, and it it was so angry and it did not want me there. And I, I guess from watching like some ghost show, I said, whoever you are, you're not welcome here. You need to leave. Yeah. But I was shook. I mean, I was really, really scared. Um, and that's really the first time that I said to myself, something's not right here. Um, at this point I felt like I was getting targeted a little bit more. I would wake up and I knew that my bed was shaking. Uh Um, my husband said he never felt this, but I know I did. I know that I woke up because my bed was shaking. Um, the covers would be ripped off me. I mean, just things were happening that I could not explain. My nephew was three three or four at this point, my sister would bring him over. Um, her husband worked this odd hours. So she would come over for dinner a lot. And we had set up the basement, this play area for the kids. And my youngest daughter and him would go downstairs. And, um, we had like this Barbie dream house. They would play all kinds of things down there. And one night my sister and I are talking and we hear this horrible scream. And my nephew comes running up the stairs and was like, mommy, we have to go. Mimi has a scary, a scary man's in her basement. We have to go. And what we finally got out of him was that it was a tall, dark shadow man that he said that he saw in the back area by our storage area. This was a finished basement, but the back area, there was a door into an area that wasn't finished. And that was our storage area. And he said he was standing there and he doesn't want us here. He, he wants to hurt us. And he's a kid with an overactive imagination. I had a bad feeling about it, but I could not admit it to myself because I was so scared Mm. and my husband just didn't buy into it at all. And he was like, Oh my gosh, your sister's kids are crazy. (laughs) But this happened two more times um, with him seeing the same person. One time we were sitting in my living room and he was walking over into the kitchen to get a drink of water. And he dropped a toy that was in his hand and ran back over to me, jumped in my lap, buried his, head in my shoulder and said, do you see him? Do you see him? Mm. And I did not. Um, I did feel that it was not a good feeling in the room at that point. And after that, my nephew no longer wanted to come over to my house unless it was during the day. He would not step foot in my house. Um, this was also the point we were at a school function for my younger daughter. My older daughter was in middle school. And she had some friends over and we went to this Halloween thing at my younger daughter's school. And I got texts from my older daughter saying, are you, are you guys back already? And I said, no, 
we just got here like an hour ago. We're still here. And she said, someone's upstairs. I'm oh. freaking out. Should I call the police? So we were only two blocks from the school. So we jumped in our car and ran home. Um, nobody was there. We checked everything. I, I was on the phone with my daughter. I go downstairs and I'm like, you guys, there's nobody's here. Are you sure you heard something? Did you have a friend? All the doors were locked. So nobody had come in. And she said, mom, we heard it. Her friends heard it. They were so hysterical, crying. They thought someone was coming to hurt them. They, they said they heard the door open. They heard someone come down the stairs. They heard someone go up the stairs. They heard walking in the kitchen. Um, we had like tile floors in the kitchen. So it, when someone walked, it was and she's like, it sounded like heavy boots, like footsteps. Mm. So needless to say at this point too, now friends weren't wanting to spend the night. So we were kind of in a dark energy place in our lives in that house. Um, I was having some health issues go on at the time. We didn't know it, but my son, he's on the spectrum. And so he was really delayed in speech and motor skills. And he was um, having these weird like seizure things happen uh, that we never really could figure out what was going on. Now, looking back, I know that it was that room, that house, Mm. nothing was good. Um, So he's 18 months now and he's still sleeping in his bed. um, And it's hit or miss whether or not he sleeps. Some nights he would, other nights he would be up six times. Sometimes he'd be screaming and sometimes he was not. It just really depends. And it would go in like spurts. Like it would be a week straight of him being terrified and you know, me having to just stay up with him because he would not go back in his room. He would cling to the door, me, anything like he, I, I cannot put my son in a room where he's terrified. I just couldn't do it. So he's 18 months. It's three eighteen in the morning. And I, um, I'm sorry. Like I have talked about this before, like one person, but I processing it. I haven't even really processed it yet. I, it's terrifying. Mm. Um, I heard a loud thud. And then I heard that scream that as a mother, you know, like my child is hurt. So I ran to my son's room. My husband's behind me. My daughters are up out of their beds behind me. And I go to open the door and I can't open the door. My son's body is there. And my son was not walking. He was 18 months, but he was not walking. He was barely scooting. You know, he was very far behind developmentally. And I couldn't get the door open. So I stuck my hand through the door and kind of pushed him away from the door enough so that I could get in and turn on the light. And he's just fixated on something on the wall, but he's making this loud scream that I'd never heard from him before. And there's blood everywhere. So I pick him up. We run him downstairs. He spits something out and I catch it in my hand and it's his front tooth. I go back upstairs and kind of look around after things have calmed down a little bit and you could see where he had, what I know he was thrown and he hit the door. There was blood all over the back of the door and had slid down. And at that point, my husband and I looked at each other and we realized like, this is, this is bad. This Mm. is really bad. He's hurting our son. Um, We shut my son's door after that. We never opened it again. I'm going to end this and start another one because I cannot keep this under 10 minutes. I've tried like 20 times. I only have like two minutes left. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So let's go to her next story. I think I've got it. 
oh my god, this is really, uh, let's see, okay, here it is, ready? Okay, this is Mandy, I'm just gonna Got finish it. quick. So after this, we moved everything out of my son's room. Um, the only time I ever went back in there was to Sage. The next morning I had called a paranormal investigator. They told me what to go get and what to do and what to say, and I did it. Um, and then about a week later, she came over and did basically the same thing. Um, and it sounds so cliche, but literally things felt lighter, brighter, better. Oh, it God. just felt good in the house again. The energy feel, felt so good. Oh. And I don't think we realized how long it had been bad. Um, so my son never went back in that room again. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, we went out and immediately purchased another lot and said, we're moving, we're done. Um, and at this point, we were kind of figuring out that my son probably was autistic and we wanted to get in a better district. And I just had to make sure nothing was there before we sold it to another family. Uh, this yeah. thing clearly targeted children um, and people that were afraid. Because the more afraid I got towards the end, the more it would do things to me. Oh. Um so things seemed better, and then I was going to move, and I was down in the storage area, and I picked up a box, and it was an old, like, Rubbermaid box that I had had stuff in from, like, high school, and there was a voodoo doll underneath the box, so on the floor. What? And my heart dropped. It was a, just a black voodoo doll with, like, this yellow dressing on it, um, and I remember my mom had got that for me at some point when she went there for a business trip. Oh. And I don't know if it was related at all, but I don't, I can't say it wasn't. I threw it away. I, I should have yeah. maybe looked, I've done some research and maybe I should have buried it next to water. I don't know, but um, I threw it away. We haven't had any issues since then personally in our own home. Um, I do sage frequently and say those things I can't risk that ever happening to my family again everybody's still like my daughter just moved out of my room about a year ago and my son still sleeps with me um mm. he has no idea what happened to him but I do I mean every day I look at him when he smiles he's only six the tooth is still gone oh. um it's just a horrible reminder of what happened um and what we went through we moved about a year later after we moved, the lady reached out to me and said, Hey, mm. um, did you ever notice anything in that room across the hall from the guest bathroom? And that oh was my, my son's room where he had lived or stayed at. And, and I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, their son, when they moved in, had had a disease reoccurrence and it had passed since they had lived in the house and he didn't pass in that room, but they were thinking maybe, you know, it was him moving things around and messing with stuff. And I didn't want to freak her out. I didn't want to say, hey, I, I really think we had like a demon in our house. Um, I really wanted her to believe that it was her son communicating with her. And I did speak to her mm. again. And I really think that's what it was. I don't think it was a reoccurrence of any type of energy that was already there. Um, but I just thought that that was crazy I mean my heart dropped when she called me but that's my story thank you wow Mandy that is a wild 
ride. Oh my gosh, that is truly frightening. And I'm so glad you guys got out of there and that your kids are okay. Holy cow. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, um, I hope that you can understand me. I am trying to speak low because I don't want my family to relive this. So, uh, probably five years ago, I kept seeing something out of the corner of my eye, like I would see, like somebody walking by, or a shadow, or, you know, now what I believe to be shadow men. Oh. I even went to get my eyes checked, because I thought, you know, that I needed glasses or something. I didn't. During this time, one morning, my oldest um, was seven, and she was still asleep, my youngest was three and she was up and I was in there cooking breakfast and I hear this blood curdling scream and she runs into the kitchen and just climbs up me and as a mom you know that kind of fear she's shaking mm -hmm. and like she just climbs up my body and she's got her face buried in my neck and I'm like baby what's wrong what's wrong she said I saw her again mom I saw the woman oh. what woman the one with black eyes and I said, okay, show me, show me, you know, because at this point, I don't know if there's somebody in my house. I don't know what's going on. Uh. So she takes me in. She points where she saw her. She said she's not there anymore. She said she skates across the floor, but her feet don't touch the floor. Oh, God. And, and she's really scary, and she has black eyes. So I call my mom. I'm, I you know I remain very calm on the outside. On the inside, I'm dying. I call my mom, and I'm like, Mom, you know, Addie just told me an interesting story. And Mom said, Jesse, go get your Bible and, and just open it wherever it opens. So I did. And the verses in it were about uh, protection, praying for protection. So that's what we did. I started reading the Bible, and as I got to the end, I was about to turn the page, and Mom said, don't turn that page. And I said, why? She said, I don't know. Just don't. Oh. Well, I looked down. And I was on page 665, and if I were to happen to turn it, it would be on page 666. Mm -hmm. Just a little interesting side note. So I go check, of course, throughout, throughout this, I'm checking on my oldest, and I go in there, and, and she she gets up, and uh, throughout this, you know, my youngest says, Mom, please pray with me. Let's pray. She was really scared. I'm sure it's been five years. I'm sure I'm leaving out some good stuff, but I know somewhere I have a recording of my oldest telling me exactly what this woman looked like. So my oldest gets up and she comes in and Addie's sitting in my lap, which is not characteristic of, you know, a characteristic of Addie. She's usually up and about and playing. And she said, what's wrong, Addie? And Addie said, Lily, I saw a woman. And Lily said, Addie, did she have black eyes? And I died right there inside. I said, what do you, Lily, come with me. Let me talk to you. And, and then, you know, I just wanted to talk to him separately to make sure they had the same story. And I said, Lily, what are you talking about? She said, Mom, one time when you were gone to work, I was watching Sesame Street. And Dad was cooking tacos. And I looked up in the hallway, and I saw a woman, and she was floating, she was floating, and she had the darkest eyes you've ever seen, Mom. You just knew they were deaf. And she said she, her feet looked like if you toast marshmallows too long. And 
she said she just floats and, and she's just so scary, Mom. And I ran in and told Dad, and I was really scared. And, you know, my husband's very much a skeptic, and he said, well, just pray, Lily. Nothing can hurt you. Just pray about it. She said, so I did. And when I prayed, this man came, and Mom, he had on the, he had the whitest, most pure skin you've ever seen. Like, when you looked at him, you just felt everything happy. You felt love and happiness, and, oh, you know, wow. you knew that he was just good. And she said, he had this big, long sword that looked like it was made out of a diamond. And after I saw him, I never saw her again. Wow. So, you know, I kept my girls close, of course. I tell my husband about it, and I said, I know you're a skeptic, but listen, these girls, I saw the fear. You know, they are telling me the truth. There's nothing on TV they could have gotten this from. You know, we we don't even have cable. We, we have Netflix and things like that. So we really... Um, monitor what they watch and I mean they were this was true fear and so I said I know you're skeptical and I understand that but you know they and one of the things my oldest said she said mom thanks for believing us I said honey I'll always believe you always so we went through the house we prayed in every room told whatever evil spirit was in this house that they were not welcome they had to get out mm -hmm. and never had any more issues oh, but that was truly terrifying I'm sorry I, I know I rambled I no. hope that you were able to understand me um, I'm sure I'm leaving out a lot of the good stuff but that's what I remember um, also you're my favorite storyteller ever oh, so like every time you go on a hiatus I get sad but then every time I see you come back I'm so excited uh, I adore you, and I wanted to say that at the end because, you know, if you want to cut it off, that's fine. But anyway, thanks for letting me tell my story. Heck no, I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the marshmallow detail really got me. Toasted marshmallows. I am so sorry that happened to your kids. That is terrifying also the skating across the floor but her feet don't touch the floor wow that's creepy but you did it you got rid of it so good job hey liz my name is jackie out of orlando florida and thanks for um offering this platform for us to share our spooky stories hope you like it um, I have a couple stories about a childhood friend's house, and I actually credit this house with my obsession with the supernatural to this day and how I found myself as a listener of your podcast. I grew up in upstate New York in a small town named Manlius, and uh -uh. I became close with a friend, Kristen, during seventh grade. And we Stop. Right now. Jackie, I grew up in Manlius, New York, so I graduated in... Let me think, 1997 from FM. So, holy shit. Okay, what, where is this and what house is this? Let's, let's keep listening here. We would frequently get together at her house after school, over sleepovers. Oh she had a trampoline, so duh, I was there all the time. Uh, Kristen and her older sister would frequently be home alone after school because both of her parents worked. Kristen was sitting in the living room while her sister was upstairs in her own bedroom doing school task homework. Kristen heard her mother yell randomly to her father, Honey, can you help me with something down here? To which her father, yelling back from upstairs, replied, Sure thing. But the girls were home alone. So 
The voices perfectly Uh-oh. mimicked the sound of their parents' voices. Uh-oh. Talk about creepy. The second story revolves around the two rooms in their house that had the most activity, which is the living room and the kitchen. The kitchen was set up in a way that if you were washing dishes in the sink, to your immediate left was an open doorway or, like, thoroughfare walkway. That was the entrance to the adjacent living room. Okay. Oftentimes, when my friend's parents or even my friend was cleaning up in the kitchen washing dishes at that sink, they would see a man in formal black attire and, you guessed it, a top hat, Yeesh. pass by that doorway to the living room, crossing from left to right. The problem is that once you walk through that doorway into the living room, Right to your immediate right is a computer desk and then a wall. It's like three feet of space. Mm-hmm. Definitely no room for someone to walk past, which means that he basically walked through the back wall of the house outside. Mm-hmm. Where was he going? The kitchen sink has a window in front of it that looks out onto the backyard, just like your typical suburban home. Kristen and her sister, another time, were playing outside one day on the swing set, just swinging their little lives away. And it was a running joke with their mom that as they were swinging, they would often wave goofily to their mother repeatedly while she was standing at the kitchen sink doing dishes or kitchen tasks. Uh, There was also a large glass sliding door in front of the kitchen table, just like a lot of suburban homes, as you know. If you were outside looking at the back of the house from the swing set, you can see the dining table through that glass sliding door. It has a, it, excuse me, it was a sort of game with the girls and their mom that as the girls were swinging away, they would just always wave to their mom incessantly until she waved back, you know, mom life. They would do this over and over again, much to the annoyance of their mom. But as the loving parent that she would, she would always wave back, give a little eye roll and kind of laugh. Well, after a few minutes of this game, the girls waved to their mom who they noticed was now sitting at the dining room table in front of that um, sliding glass door. They noticed something different about her, though. Their mom that was sitting um, at the table waved back, but as she did, it was very odd, very sullen. She looked kind of sad about something, Uh and and just a few seconds ago, she was smiling and waving at the kitchen sink like, you know, there was no bad days. She didn't look real. She almost looked transparent. And immediately after this, the girls kind of came to and both realized that their mom was back at the kitchen sink, still doing dishes, smiling and laughing at her girls on the swing set, much as she was before. They looked back at the dining table. Mom was still there, waving back sadly and slowly. No. She was literally in two places at once. How is that possible? After a couple pounding heartbeats, these little girls... Notice that the image of their mom that was at the dining table disappeared very slowly. The mom by the sink, their real mom, continued washing and drying her dishes, smiling out the window. Hope you liked it. Thanks again. Bye. <laughs> that is, that's really, really frightening. Um, it's one thing to hear the voices, like mimicking voices, but to actually see some sort of mimic like that or whatever the hell it was, is terrifying. Um, Again, what a small world. Manliest New York. There's just something about upstate New York. I don't know what it is, but it's spooky. Just subtly so. The town I grew up in, there's nothing you could point to to say that it was creepy at all, but it was spooky. I don't know if it's because it's very wooded or what it is, but it's just spooky, but Regardless, go Hornets.
we're gonna stop right there um there's the dog barking so that's good timing um because this is getting a little long but i've got plenty more stories where that came from so stay tuned <laughs>